Is it that simple? So many times we've complicated our journey with Jesus. On the Quest Life Podcast, we offer solutions, inviting you to uncover truth, unlock identity, and unleash passion. Each episode is dedicated to sharing lessons learned from the last 20 years of providing a five and a half day, safe and distraction-free encounter with God to over 9,000 and counting. You're invited. Welcome everyone. This is episode one. Here we are speaking with Duncan. He's written a book and is launching today. It is called The Soldier Code, Ancient Warrior Wisdom for Modern Day Christian Soldiers. All I can say is we've spent about three and a half, almost four hours with Duncan, split it up into some amazing podcasts, and this is the first one. I think you're going to really enjoy our time together. Once again, look up The Soldier Code dot com for Duncan's new book. Let's join in on the conversation. Duncan, wow. So excited to have you here. I have a conversation with you about an amazing book. But before we get into that book, we just want to spend some time some people know you, a lot of the men mm. that have been on events mm. have seen uh, your video teachings, mm. which are awesome, uh, and have encouraged a lot of men. Mm. Um, so some of us know you on that end, and you were one of the original that went out there with, uh, with Richard. So mm -hmm. my, my first question as we get to know you is, mm. talk a little bit about your history, who you are, mm -hmm. uh, you and your family. Yeah. Uh, it says here in your notes that you gave me that you grew up here in Fort Worth, Texas. That's right. You, you know, it's you having somebody that moved here from to the in the DFW area. Hmm. It's very rare that you meet somebody that grew up here. <laughs> There's just so many people that have come in. So yeah. you're like a legit Texan. <laughs> you are That's from right. the nation of Texas. Born and bred. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So with that synopsis, yeah. for those that maybe not know you, give us a little bit of history of who you are. Yeah. So. Um, Rolana and I, my wife, uh, both of us born and raised right here. Our two daughters raised right here with us also. Uh, Rolana and I were actually born in the same hospital just a month apart. I, I joke that if it had been any closer, we could have tagged up in the hallway as we passed. <laughs> you know, just, just literally a month apart. But uh, we grew up, both grew up in the area, but never met until later years okay. and all of that. She grew up in a Christian household. I grew up in a non-Christian household. You know, if we heard the name of Jesus in mine, it wasn't used in a good way. <laughs> and hers, her family was like a family of Levite priests. Uh, you know, you had worshipers, music leaders, all of this, and they grew up singing and, and all of this kind of stuff. So two entirely different family trees. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we met in uh, 1992. And... Okay. Yeah, I got saved in 91, gloriously saved in 91, mm. Been had grew up, grown up, and uh, I was in college at the time, okay. uh, wasn't saved, and some friends of mine who I hadn't seen in about a month or so had gone off, all of them got saved in this domino revival, and I went to visit them one night and walked in on a prayer meeting. 
I mean, it was a Holy Spirit full-on ambush. <laughs> I just, I, I walked that. into the middle of this thing, and it was a den of lions, and I was, I was the, I was the little lamb, and and they had formed a Christian band. I mean, Holy Spirit was doing all this amazing stuff with them. They already had powerful testimonies, and I sat there and listened to an entire set of music that was unlike anything I'd ever heard in my life. It was just packed with scripture, and for me, I'd never been around any of this stuff. It was living water. And they could instantly see Holy Spirit working on me, doing all of these things. And, and they also didn't know all the things that had led up to this night. About a month before this, I had had a dream. The Holy Spirit had been working strongly in my life, I think, through the prayers of my grandmother, through some Christian friends that I had around me in college who would share songs or different things with me and so forth. But I had had a prophetic dream of the rapture of the church. And I didn't even know what it was, of course, until... Mm. You know, I got saved years later. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm reading here in Scripture, and I'm looking at First Thessalonians five. I'm looking at, at chapter chapter four. I mean, and and these other places, and I'm going, oh my gosh, wow, that's that's Jesus appearing. That was my dream, wow. and all of this. But April thirteenth, nineteen ninety one, I got saved sitting in the back of my friend's pickup truck. You know, about one or two o'clock in the morning there. Got a question. Was it a Ford or Chevy? <laughs> uh, it was a Nissan hard body pickup truck. <laughs> In but, Texas, but here's what was crazy. I had seen that truck was the truck that I saw in this dream, in this prophetic dream. Oh my word! Wow. I was standing on Loop 820 and at okay. the intersection of Grapevine Highway, standing beside this truck, and had my hands up in the air and was saying all these words to all these people that were stopping and listening to what I was saying in this dream. Wow. And that's when. Christ appeared in the clouds, and it was powerful, obviously, and I woke up from that dream going, okay, you know, God, who, I, I, I believe you exist, I believe heaven and hell exist, but who is this Jesus that I hear people talk about, and some get excited, and some get really mad when his name's brought up, Yeah, and so forth, so I got saved that night, and uh, about a year later, Rolanda and I met, we were married about a year after that, and uh, have two amazing daughters, Kadra and, and Carly, so just love them to death and uh Kedra's a speech language pathologist now with Baylor Scott and White oh, wow. um yeah lives out in Frisco um just I mean bit down on her calling and just pursuing it full force and Carlisa is a uh, special education teacher with uh, Farmers Branch Independent School District oh, wow. yeah and uh just right in the middle of hers too both of them just brilliant mm. you know beautiful sassy all of the, all those wonderful things wow that's great so tell us what's amazing about your wife so Rolanna um, I always say she's just the second best thing that ever happened to me right after Jesus. Just, mm. I know the Lord added years to my life when he brought her along. Mm. Wisdom <laughs> and a lot of other things. <laughs> you know, a little filing down on the edges and, and all that kind of stuff too. But, uh, you know, I met Rolanna and I just remember just being mesmerized. You know, I was, I was taken by what First Peter 3 describes as that inner beauty. Mm. You know, I, she was of course, gorgeous on the outside, but I remember just going, wow, I've never met anybody like you. The character, mm -hmm. the godliness, and, you know, her family. I was just, wow, wow, look at this. this mm -hmm. There's a dynasty here wow. of faith uh, that was going back, grandparents, great-grandparents, and all of this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. And I remember thinking to myself, I I'll never have a chance with, the, with, with a girl <laughs> like this. You know, thank God for, you know, Proverbs 18. You know, right. he who finds a wife finds favor. Yeah. Because... 
that uh, that is the only way I ever would have would have landed her, and I, yeah. I know that's the testimony of so many guys out there too. Yeah, amen. <laughs> I'm one of those. No, that's awesome. Yeah. So you have a unique skill set with your career. Just tell us a little bit about your voiceover and how you got into the kind of that uh, career. Uh, yeah. So you know, I was studying theater. You know, about the time that I got saved there in college, and I was gonna be this triple threat. I was gonna go off to Hollywood, be a blockbuster motion picture star. So okay. I'd studied, you know, Shakespeare. I'd studied contemporary theater i had studied uh, sword fighting uh dance all of these things you know i was a singer all this kind of stuff and th- this was my thing i was going to go off and become this blockbuster motion picture star make movies and make a million and all that kind of stuff and i got wrecked when i got saved and mm. instantly i felt a call into into ministry and the Lord told me, he said, lay, lay this stuff down over here. Lay this dream of your glory and all this. Lay this stuff down. It was mm-hmm. Philippians 3, but what things were gained to me, those I counted lost. For, and I was glad to do it because Jesus was the best thing that I had ever seen, the best thing that I had ever tasted, and I could not get enough of him. I was like, if you're over here in the janitor's closet, I'm going to the janitor's closet. If you're cleaning toilets, I want to clean toilets with you. I want to be wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And I was I was all about that. And so my friends who had this band, I became a roadie for them. Okay. You know, I started following them around. Eventually they started asking me to share my testimony, preach a little bit and all this kind of stuff. And around nineteen ninety three, we were all working out at Six Flags over Texas. Doing, I was doing the Crazy Horse uh, Western show, and there singing and dancing. And my friend Jeremy was at the Southern Palace show, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we auditioned to do some walk around characters for a Chuck E. Cheese franchise convention show in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. We landed it. We all got the, got these parts, and they flew us out there. And while we were out there. I was clowning around one day. We were all in the rental car. We're driving to go get something to eat. And they had this whole stuff of, of Chuck E. Cheese merchandise in the back seat, and they had the, one of these big plastic microphones. And I just picked it up, and I started impersonating the guy who was doing Chuck E. Cheese at the time, Scott Wilson. And my friends Scott and Jeremy, they heard that, and they went, dude, that, that impersonation's amazing. That's really good. You ought to audition for that part. And I was like, what do you mean audition? Scott's doing it. And they're like, no, they're, they're looking for somebody else. They want to they wanna change his sound. They want to make him contemporary, mainstream, and take mm. the rough edges off and make him sing because Scott can't sing, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, I was like, eh, I don't know. I'll, I'll pray about it. And I went home, and I prayed about it, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, go, do it. Okay. And I was like, well, I don't have a demo. I don't have representation. I don't have all these things. He's like, you got sound equipment, don't you? And I went out into a garage, of all things. The acoustics were just amazing on this audition tape, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> and I recorded me doing this voice and singing all these different songs. Nine, worked that voice nine ways to Sunday. Here's what Chuck E. Cheese would sound like with less gravel, more gravel, more New Jersey, yeah. singing this song and so forth, and sent off the tape. A week later, Robert and I were having a Bible study one day, and my friend Robert, very prophetic anointing on his life, he stopped in mid-sentence and he said, hey, the Lord has a word for you. And I said, okay. He said, he sees your heart. And he is very pleased with how you have yielded your life to him. And you've yielded your dreams. You've yielded your gifts. Mm-hmm. And he is opening this door. You are going to become a voiceover. Oh, my goodness. You're going to land this one, and you're going to land many more because he sees your heart, and he knows that you want to use your gifts to glorify him and to share him with people. Just a couple of weeks later, I got a call from the Chuck E. Cheese corporate office. Director of entertainment's on the phone, and a vice president is on the phone. And they said, we heard all these tapes, and yours is amazing. We want to offer you that job. 
four wow. years later, I landed the voice of Barney the Dinosaur. Amazing. A couple of years later, I landed uh, uh, Funimation, one of the largest contractors out there for anime. Right. You know, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, all this kind of stuff <laughs> and so forth. I landed the three largest gigs that I ever had in voiceover without any agent, oh my without goodness. any of the formal stuff because I said yes to the Lord. Wow. <laughs> that is so cool. No, I love that. I, I, you know, and we and before we started recording, we were just talking about how God takes the yes mm-hmm. and multiplies it in just amazing, amazing ways. Mm. I think that's great. So, from that experience, you've also had some yeah. uh, time working uh, in with some churches. Give a little bit of experience about that. What What's been your experience with churches? Yeah. So you know, I got to say, like I said, I was called, felt this call into ministry, uh, and all of that, and so. Yeah, diving into scripture and Bible study and anything that I could get my hands on and, and finally ended up in, in seminary, you know, studying systematic theology at, at Tyndale, studying original language, uh, love Greek, love Hebrew, all of those things. And uh, the, the call, the, the release really into full-time ministry finally came. I was at Glenview Baptist Church where Richard and I had met mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law, and a pastor that he was working with at the time picked up the phone and they called me and they said, hey, we need a children's pastor. And, you know, by this time I'm doing Chuck E. Cheese and Barney and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, they knew I had an anointing to work with kids and I had a call in ministry. And I had, had been prayed up and all of that and I knew, okay, God was telling me to go do this. And I did. And hundreds of kids started getting saved and, you know, mm-hmm. and God was clearly confirming that calling and so forth. So my, I started full-time church ministry in, in children's ministry. And I say full-time, but I wasn't getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it full-time and Barney was paying for it. I was doing voiceover work mm-hmm. for Barney and all of that. Mm-hmm. And Barney paid me enough salary where I didn't have to charge for it. Oh, wow. I had a tent maker. Okay. That's awesome. So these amazing doors open up and then next thing you know I'm doing a church plant with my brother-in-law for five years there and of course I worked as a men's pastor I worked as a worship pastor I, you know you're wearing all those yes. hats <laughs> it's yes. a church plant <laughs> this is a submarine yeah, you do everything here right. <laughs> and and that just and that just continued on eventually into working at Colleyville First Baptist Colleyville as a director of creative arts and the gateway as a college and career pastor so after all these years small groups family pastor all this kind of stuff now you know almost 30 years in ministry um yeah actually a little over 30 years now it you start losing track but all these different hats and so forth and when it came time to start looking at writing a book and so forth you know you look back and you go, wow, God, you've been preparing me all this time, ministering to all these different people with these different needs and fighting these different battles and so forth. You're amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, you actually had a plan. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. No, that's really neat. So how did you and Richard meet? Okay, yeah. So uh, Glenview Baptist Church, years ago, uh, this is the early 1990s, he was the worship pastor there. Okay. Yeah, flamboyant, you know, that personality. Do tell us more. Do tell us more. <laughs> Larger than life, you know. And, and Rolanda and I met Richard, and it was an instant love affair. You know, we fell in love with him. He fell in love with us. We, were, we became part of the choir. Okay. And he was, he was such a great leader. Um, and God just began knitting our hearts together. And then I got this, this call to go out and do, do children's ministry and, and do the church plant. So we were away for five years. Okay. Well, after we finished that church plant, the Lord called us back. 
And I remember the night that we came back to Glenview and walked through the door. Richard had just finished Wednesday night worship, and he walked up, and you could just, I saw this look on his face. And I just, he really does love us. He missed us. And the Lord really started doing a work at this point. We had known each other and shared things back and forth, but at this point, God really began doing a sovereign work. Richard and I became very intimate friends, and we just began to share what we were learning from the Lord mm-hmm. constantly. This is what I'm reading. This is what he's reading and so forth. And just this sharpening, this iron sharpens iron relationship mm-hmm. uh, back and forth. And out of that, eventually mm-hmm. came the, came, you know, God, you know, God began to speak to Richard about a, this quest, yeah. this thing that we didn't know what it was yeah. and so forth. And then one day I was at work and I was praying. And the Lord spoke to me. I didn't even know Richard was doing this yet, and he was speaking to him. But the Lord spoke to me, and he gave me a word of knowledge. And he said, call Richard, because I have given him something, and I have work for you. And I went, okay. And I picked up the phone, and I called him right then. And I said, hey, the Lord told me that he's given you something, and I'm supposed to be a part of this. I'm supposed to help. And he said, well, I can't tell you what it is. I said, you have to tell me. <laughs> Jesus just said you did. <laughs> and he's like, okay. <laughs> so, and, and next thing you know, you know, I have been sharing, you know, this is about the time of Promise Keepers movement. Yeah. Coming to Texas Stadium and all of that. Yeah. I had begun studying manhood and what it meant to walk as a man of God. Okay. And had shared those things with Richard. And Can I ask you, what prompted you to even dig into that? You know, I went to Promise Keepers and I saw people like Rolanda's father, um, uh, who is an elder, uh, an entrepreneur, uh, all of these things, I saw these fully developed, fully orbed men. And I remember seeing these deficits in my own life from my rearing of a lack. You know, I, had a, I had a father who taught what he could, but he didn't know Christ. And he didn't know how to teach life and things. Which, what I learned from my dad, I had to learn by watching. Mm-hmm. You know, here's how you bring home the bacon. You know, here's how okay. you, you know, change the spark plug or whatever and so forth. But nothing in terms of spiritual teaching and character and development and ready for marriage, family and all that kind of stuff. And when I went to Promise Keepers, I remember leaving Promise Keepers, going home and just going, Lord, I want to learn how to live as a man of God. I want to learn how to walk as a man of God. And I just began to dig into Scripture and starting to explore that. Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24, this is what the Lord says, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might. On he goes, but let a man boast in this, that he understands and knows me. And as those scriptures and those truths began to wash over me, the reality of Jesus as the ultimate model of masculinity mm-hmm. really began to dawn on me. Mm. And it was out of that that teaching came, and I remember starting to share those things with Richard, and then he finally said, you know, you need to come and you need to share that on this, this thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that led up to my day in the wilderness. And one of the most profound experiences that I've, I've ever had with Jesus mm. still takes my breath away. I remember the first fast day, 13 of us guys, you know, we're all laughing. We're sitting in the parking lot at Glenview. And the moment we got into the van, it was like God closed the curtains to the world. And this just anointing and this powerful presence struck that van. Mm. We're riding in this cargo van all packed in like sardines so <laughs> there was no room for the devil <laughs> holy spirit no had already filled up the whole thing and and the whole way down 
we're sharing testimony. God's ministering. We're stopping at gas stations. People are getting saved. I mean, it was Book of Acts stuff, just powerful stuff happening the entire way down there. And we come to the fast day. And on my fast day, we're in the National Forest, Sierra Nevada Mountains. God, some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen in my life. And it's time for the day to end. It's time to go back. And Richard, being the city slicker that he is, um, <laughs> has the great idea, hey, since we're doing a monastic fast, I'll just sound the horn. And that'll call everybody. Well, when you sound a horn in a mountain range, this thing called an echo kind of happens and so forth. And so he likes to tell the story about how Duncan got lost, you know, oh. in the National Forest. Oh, so there's forest. another side to the story. Yeah. So from that perspective, that, that probably wasn't the best idea that we had. <laughs> I, I even that. had a compass with me. And here's the thing. The compass is telling me, no, go this direction. This is where you went. But I'm hearing the sound from this other direction and this other direction. And so I totally get confused trying to find my way back to where we're all supposed to go. And finally, I just, I, 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 God, I give up. And I just sat down on this log in the middle, and it's 5 o'clock. It's time to go home. Sun's going down, and I'm thinking, this is just great. Okay? I can see the forest ranger picking up the phone and calling Rolanda now going, hey, uh, Miss Brandon, we just want you to know that uh, your, 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 your husband, uh, he's, he's out here in the middle of the forest right now, but uh, there's probably not too many bears out, and uh, so we're, we're, we're probably going to find him. You know, <laughs> All these things are going through my head, and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he says, how do you feel? How do you feel? And hmm. I remember this gasp. This childish gasp arising from my spirit that said, I feel lost. Hmm. And the next thing he said to me was, it was what I needed to hear, but it was a throat punch at the same time. He said, this is how you felt about your manhood your whole life. Wow. And I just, I sat there stunned in that moment. And I said, you're right. You're right, Lord. Hmm. And then, then he spoke again. He said, but said but hmm. he said if you keep following me the way you've been following me hmm. I'm the ultimate man and I'll show you how to walk out that manhood to the nth degree I'll show you how to be a man of God just follow me just keep doing what you're doing I remember this wave of relief this wave of joy and comfort that just rushed over me going okay Okay, with you, I can do this manhood thing. And after that, the next day, I went back and I shared that manhood teaching for the first time. So you were given that manhood teaching right there. I, I had all the stuff with me yeah. to share, but I had this moment to heal me and, and finish the work so that I could share the next day. <laughs> Most amazing thing. Well, I think you can understand we've had an incredible time with Duncan. And this is just the first of four episodes that we recorded with him. For more information about his book, The Soldier Code, you can go to thesoldiercode.com. I'm so looking forward to these next podcasts. I encourage you, please tune in as they come. Thanks for taking time to be with us today on the Quest Life Podcast. If you would like more information about our five and a half day quest, visit us at thequestlife.com. 
The Word of God says, move your heart closer and closer to God, and He will come even closer to you. Visit us at thequestlife.com.